All right, they're here. It's the legal team from the Keystone State of Pennsylvania. Carl Moses at mic one, Mark DeVecchio at uh, microphone two, and uh, the man of uh, the knee replacement at microphone number three. Hello. The attorney Happy David New Beatrice. Year to you. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year to all our right. listeners. Happy New Year. It's a great new year, 2018. Really? Carl Carl hit a triple for us right before the end of the year. He did? He did. He's my hero. <laughs> Carl's a good guy now. He's a good guy now. <laughs> He's a good guy. This week, Carl's a good guy. A month, he might not be so good. But, but that right was 2017. Now, What's he going to do for 2018? I don't know. He's that's a hard that's a hard one to follow. All right. So congratulations on that. All right. Let's uh, uh, legal questions coming up first. Here's what I've learned from Attorney Beatrice. He had his knee replaced, and he says to me, you know, when it's cold like this, your knee gets colder than the, the, your normal knee. Yeah. yeah, I could feel the prosthesis because it's, it's titanium. It's made out of titanium. And you can feel it in there? You could feel, you could feel the cold, yeah. And uh, it's like, it's, it, you know, think about steel and cold. Mm-hmm. So... Now, you said, Mark, yesterday you witnessed Attorney Beatrice at the office and he was in, uh, leaning against the wall. He was in some discomfort. Because uh, I saw the physical terrorist yesterday. Uh, that's therapist, Dave. No, to me, they're known as terrorists, okay? Because, and what do they do? Uh, You're still seeing a physical therapist, and what do they do? Just work out? Yeah, they work out. You got to do, first, I got to get on the bike, and I ride the bike for 10 minutes. Does it I, hurt? Yeah, it hurts. Still? <laughs> It, well, when you're doing physical therapy, it hurts, yeah. You ride a bike for 10 minutes, then what do you have to do? And then they give you this... <laughs> then they make them jog 10 minutes. <laughs> no, then they make you walk. <laughs> then I got I to gotta use my, you know, the leg. I have to go up and down steps with it to strengthen and to... Then they make me do all these, you know, a gazillion kind of stretches. Stretches with band. Two-door therapy, by the way. Excellent place. The oh yeah, my excellent place. Just my, great guys. Yeah, my therapists <laughs> are wonderful. Terrorists. <laughs> They're just wonderful. So they, the, wonderful. the worst one is, is they have me lay on a couch and then they hang a five pound weight Ooh. on my belly, on my ankle to stretch to straighten out my leg. On your back. Wow. They put a five no, pound no. weight on your belly. No, no, on my ankle. I'm on oh, my you're belly. Lying on your belly. I'm I lying gotcha. on my belly. Okay. My knee is hanging over this. Like, oh my God! Yeah, and then they put t- a five-pound weight on my. Do you ankle. have to do curls or do, something? No, with they it? just let it hang there for four minutes. Do you ever Ooh. ask them, no, uh, what that water? Why waterboarding you has to do with your knee? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you ever bring that kind of stuff up? Do you but say? But then after they do all that, they do what's called soft tissue therapy, and that's where they massage. Isn't that you. illegal? Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> they they then they so, then come over and then they they like try to relieve all the stress they just put your leg under. Little mm-hmm. reward for yeah. a job well done. Yeah. And then why were you back at the office leaning against the wall in extreme? Because on days that I do physical therapy, I do it in the morning. And then by 3 o'clock, if I'm, you know, up and walking around and, you know, doing my thing by, you know, like right now, my leg's a little sore. Not like it used to be, but. Would you go through this again? If a gun was to my head <laughs> and they said you have to die or go through it again. I would go through it that way. But this was much longer, <laughs> harder, and, uh, you know, I just, I'm not used to being wounded. It was but a, I'm, I'm almost back, baby. It was a hard I'm back up and now, ready to now, fight. And how long has this been? So, let's see, October 23rd, November 23rd, December 23rd, so t- eight weeks, ten weeks. 
No. As you uh, distance yourself. Nine weeks. Nine weeks. The further you get away from the surgery and the rehab and everything, you'll forget about the pain, and you'll say it was the best thing I had ever right. done. Uh, do you worry about slipping in this type of weather? Yes. So I still have my cane in my car. And my doctor gave me, which is really helpful. You don't wear me. like dress shoes, do you? Because they're very slippery, don't no, you? No, no, I, I wear stuff with, with grip tread on them. On them right, grip because on them. you can't fall. Well, I don't have just yet the ability to, you know, like how you pivot with your Catch knee. Catch yourself, yeah. I don't have that total back yet. So I use a cane when I'm walking in, in the inclement weather uh, just so I, you know, have an extra steady. And then I, my doctor gave me. You get me, that cool one on TV that has the triple stuff on the bottom no, of it? Okay. No. And then I use a, and then the doctor gave me a uh, temporary handicap sticker. So that's been helpful because I can get the park right next to the courthouse and, you know, like. But it's still a walk to get to where you need to go. It's still a walk to where I have to go. Yeah. And then my knee sets off the metal detectors. So. Do they let you through or do they. I tell them, I say, I have a titanium knee, wand my knee, and they wand my knee and they go, it goes, woo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And at an airport, the same thing. Probably. I haven't been to an airport yet. All right. So the, is are you in pain at all? I mean, outside of physical therapy? There is no pain in my knee. That That's the amazing thing about it. I have no pain in my knee. Where my pain is, is all the soft tissue. That they cut into. They didn't really, not even where they cut into it, but the my quadriceps is real painful and my thigh is real painful. Have, uh, have you lost weight? Well, you could tell I have. Well, answer the question. Yes, yeah, I yeah. have. You might not know this, but people can't see you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right. I've lost some weight. Um, I didn't change eating that much, but one thing I couldn't do, you know, when you're taking narcotics. What? Couldn't drink. <laughs> no, when you're taking narcotics, you get constipated. Right. And that's why I took the, no, I what's that stuff called? Uh, I don't know. For what? To relieve yourself? Yeah, I forget. There's a laxative. No, so uh, I'm off the narcotics now. Even so. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. So I take a, a an Aleve, and that gives me great relief, mm-hmm. and just going through my day. All right. So that's how. So you're on the road to recovery. I am almost back to 100 percent, and I'm. Does the other to go. one need it at all? The other leg? I I don't care. I they could chop it off. I'm not going through this again. <laughs> Really? I'm not going to let myself be immobile, God willing, ever voluntarily again. Mm-hmm. To immobilize you when you are when you are someone like me who's in perpetual motion, right? walking around everywhere, who's used to a ton of energy, this sapped a lot of my strength. That was the one thing I was not anticipating was even now I'm just getting my endurance back. How has it changed uh, your view of... Of your life as you get older, as you well, it gave me a great. I'll tell you what, this gave me a great appreciation of. Gave me a great appreciation of the Americans with Disability Act, and how important it is that our buildings be accessible to people with disabilities. Because now that I have a little bit of a disability, I have an appreciation, not to any extent of what those people face, but of the obstacles they face. Like when I pull up to a building, I go. Geez, I got to walk up all these steps. Yeah, even the common police courthouse. Yeah. If they didn't have the ramp, I mean, right. there's a lot of steps. So, there. so, and they only, and like I even told the commissioners, I said, you only have two parking, two handicapped parking spaces in front of the courthouse. I said, you should create some more, you know. Mm-hmm. That's and a great so, idea. So I'm very cognizant of that now, you know, and, and I wasn't as appreciative 
of people with disabilities and what they face. So, so you'd look at curbs and you'd look at the right. parking spaces. And, and so I was even thinking today, um, if I find places that are in violation, those are good lawsuits because they have to pay your legal fees. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to look at that for people that are denied access. So that gave me an appreciation for that. And it gave me an appreciation for how important your health is. Talk about that because that, the, the stuff, even though it's a leg replacement or a knee replacement, it's an eye opener, right? That, that you, that you're uh, got, can have an issue. Yeah. I mean, your health is everything. I mean, that is everything. And so it gave me an appreciation for people that are ill and, uh, and, and don't are unfortunate. It sapped a lot of my strength. I mean, even after eight weeks, I couldn't make it till five o'clock working. I was, my energy was sapped, but today, you know, this week's the first week. Like I was like, all right, I could go all night. Like I used to go and not sleep, you know, during there'd be times during elections. I wouldn't sleep for 48 hours. I'd be working on elections, going to work, doing campaigns and, and everything else, but I'm, I'm back. I'm, I'm, so it's changed your attitude a little bit. It has changed my attitude towards my own mortality. Uh, it has changed my attitude to have an appreciation for people that are suffering with whatever they're suffering with. And a real appreciation uh, for people with disabilities and the obstacles they face. Because I remember when I was on my cane and I wasn't as mobile as I am now, I really had to watch where I walked, where I parked. How was I going to get access to that building? I mean, those were issues that, you know, became, you know, when you're, when you're healthy and you're you scattering, for granted. you take it for granted. And, you know, you're jumping up and down steps. You never think of those Absolutely. things. Absolutely. But yeah. when you have a cane and you're, and you're limping and you've got to figure out how you're going to get in this building and that they have the handicapped spaces away from where the ramp is and stuff like that, I mean... Or how about someone that parks in a handicapped spot that's this, not handicapped? Oh, I'm now... Now I have no mercy on those people. <laughs> but I mean, something like this. And my doctor only punched it till May for me. So oh, I really? got, yeah, I got to be better by May. Or yeah, do you, yeah, be, all right. do you realize how what some people do for a living? How much uh, I, I don't want to say more important it is than what uh, the rest of us do. For example, here's here's what this know, injury the, taught me. These doctors do you know bypass operations all day or knee replacements. Right. I mean, it's amazing what they what they it's, do. It's almost like second nature to them. It's not that I'm not impressed with the doctors, because I am, because that's the real skill. But the real warriors in this are the nurses, the healthcare professionals, uh, the people that do the nameless jobs. I mean, all of those. I, I you know, I went to Southwoods. The, what, bed, the bedpan people? Oh, my God. What an amazing, <laughs> an amazing facility. And my hat's off to Ed Moransky and his facility. I mean, it was just, I mean, it was everything you said, Mark. Right. Plus, and, uh, and, the, and the healthcare professionals, my physical uh, terrorists, mm-hmm. and um, all of them. I mean, those are the unsung heroes in these, you know. and then, They try to get you healthy again. Yeah. I mean, those are the people that, you know, I, I, they're on the front line. I mean, I go see my doctor. He goes, yeah, your, your joint looks good. Uh, he showed me an x-ray. He goes, I did my job. Look, everything's good. Right. I go, I'm in pain. He goes, well, that's what the physical therapists are for. They'll right. get you out of pain. Right. And uh, does something like this, I mean, from the devotion and attention and compassion and patience that you've received from your lovely wife bring you to that much closer? Um, 
<laughs> I realized. Yes, I, I realized all, that I have to buy. Hang on a now. second, all gentlemen, be quiet. I want to hear this answer. Yeah, I realized this about my children. No, first I ask all. about your. Wife. I'm, I'm going to get to my wife. Let me get talk about my children first. <laughs> okay, I'm buying health care, nursing home insurance because if it was up to my children, <laughs> they'd put a feedback on me. Okay, and they check in on me like. I love my kids, but I'd be dead. Okay, <laughs> so you love your kids, but you realize you need long-term insurance. Right. I, I love my children, but I realize I need long-term insurance. Okay, right. let me just say that. It's, oh, that's that's, that's true. And secondly, okay, yeah, this is the part I want to hear, Mark. That, my wife, co- she was she was wonderful for a couple weeks, and then she, you know, it's it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. So yeah. the only good thing about it is I bought one of those Craftmatic beds, mm-hmm. Tempur Pedic. You know the yeah. Oh, Mark, I'm dreaming. It, of was, that. it was a very expensive bed, but man, I love it. Really? Wow. Where, where it puts your head up and your feet up? Put your. I mainly use it for my feet up, and it vibrates a little bit. Mm-hmm. So so so. Uh, but your wife was very good for a couple weeks. Well, this we, was been ten weeks. So let's talk about the other eight. <laughs> Well, here's what here's what forced it. I'm not a good sleeper. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gee, I can't imagine that. So, <laughs> like, I go to bed late and I wake up early, and um, I'm just I don't I'm not you know everyone says that oh you need eight hours I'm I've never been a person in my life that needed eight hours of sleep like four or five hours and man I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. I'm just genetically blessed like that. Right. But this had forced me back into my bed with my wife and <laughs> when you haven't slept with someone for a while i told her the cia should use her to torture people <laughs> okay because i'd go to fall asleep and i would snore like one little snore and she'd like scare the bejesus out of me i'd be like david what i go i'm falling asleep why do you do that to me you're snoring I, well that's what people do <laughs> Or I'd be sleeping in the middle of the night. All of a sudden, I feel my head coming. (laughs) She she would raise the bed to keep me from doing it. Actually, fold it right in half. Right. (laughs) So so that's been a real adjustment for me. (laughs) And now I have to go. So. And, and next week, I won't be here. I'll be down in Columbus. I have to get board of elections training. So I want to stop in and wish you and all the. The callers, we got to take some legal calls. We'll take legal calls right after the break. We'll be back right after this. Callers online, stand by. Your questions coming up right be after careful. this. Hey, folks, do you want to try a great sauce? Then uh, Paul's on the end of my line from Vasilios. Paul, thank you first of all for a wonderful Christmas present, which was a, bar, a jar of Vasilios sauce, which is absolutely outstanding. Paul, where can people purchase that for your sauce? Yeah, how you doing, Ron? I missed your brother. Happy New Year. Uh, we're located in all the major Ginegos as well as Sparkle Markets and other locations. Uh, you can visit our website at VasiliosDining.com. You can see all the uh, all the locations that our sauce is available. It's excellent. It really is. Give it a try, folks. You know, make sure it's at a store near you. It's Vasilio's, just like the restaurant, and it's and it's made there, right? Yes, that's right. We make it in house, family owned and operated for thirty five years. Vasilio's restaurant, located off of Route Five and Forty Six. All right. What's on the menu tonight? Tonight we got fish, we got ribs, we got chicken, we got it all. We got chili. If you need something warmed up, uh, all types of different soups, come on out and give us a shot. 
It's good food. It's reasonably priced. It's just made by, I mean, it is just absolutely outstanding. The price are reasonable. The sauce is excellent. Where are you located again for Facilios? Right up at Route 5 and 46, right in Cortland, Ohio. Stay warm out there, Ron. Make sure you wear your uh, long johns. You got it. Thank you, Paul. (laughs) Storm Team 27 forecast brought to you by Cordy Cigar Box inside Cheap Tobacco State Street. Gerard, low tonight, 2 below, 7 to high tomorrow with a 60% chance of snow showers. 4 below tomorrow night, 7 to high on Saturday. Right now, 9. News Radio 570 WQN. All right, let's do some legal calls here today. Let's go first to uh, Jackson. You got a legal question for the attorneys. Hello there. Hey, good evening, uh, gentlemen. Just want to find out. I, I kind of, kind of did a goofy uh, thing here. I went and hi- hired a guy off of Craigslist uh, to repair. I had a little flight fender bender. Didn't want to turn it into the insurance. Uh, had him, uh, you know, he, we agreed on a price. I dropped the vehicle off to him. Uh, I flew in and uh, go to his house. It was dark. I, I get, I pay him. It looked good, and it's nighttime. I drive it home. Next morning, I look at it. He took so many shortcuts to Sunrail. I mean, he just did a half-ass job all the way around. I got taken. I don't know what recourse I have, uh, being that it was uh, a private person and uh, there was no contract, no paperwork, no nothing. Can I take him the small plane? Well, let that be a lesson, first of all. To, what, everybody, what, to right everybody to get, if you're going to engage someone to do a job for you, Get it drawn up. Get a contract for everyone's protection. Or you know what? Uh, do it legitimately with legitimate businesses. What right. I say because yeah. you know I hear about this kind of stuff all the time from these fly-by-night places and Craigslist. Uh, that's your first mistake. And you anyway. know what? A lot of times you, you get what you pay for. Right. I mean, you really do. You get what you pay for. So, but do, can you sue? What you had was a verbal agreement. You had a verbal contract. Uh, you paid him. There was consideration given, and he did a job, but the job was not standard it was not up to par so you could sue uh, him for for breach of duty uh, if the job he did was not in line with other professionals and what the kind of job they would do you know, a, workman, uh-huh. a workmanlike job if he didn't do a workmanlike job based upon what he promised to do now what you might uh-huh. want to do is take the car to a um, repair place and uh-huh. uh, have somebody analyze it because if you do go to small claims court you're probably going to have to have some sort of an expert testify that it was not done in a workmanlike manner or he should have another estimate to show what it would cost to fix it properly correct that that he can show that let me ask you something caller um if he have you called the guy oh i called him and well i sent him a text and i I sent him pictures of everything and what did he say I didn't have to say no more. He goes, "Give me your address. I'll send you a check for two hundred bucks." So he knew it. He knew, uh, you know, he was shortchanging me on the job. And then when I says, uh, "Did he say, meet me halfway? Give me three hundred, and uh, and and we'll call it a day." Well, now he wants to fight. No, I'm not going to send it to you. I'm in a Western Union. That we went back and forth for two days. Have you gotten any money from him? Nothing. I didn't get anything. Right. But you and... know what? I do have a lot of text messages. Well, he was agreeing to do certain things. Hang on to him. Hang on to your text messages. Those are admissible in court. Because it shows he knows he did, didn't do a good job, and he's, no, he's, he's saying he'll refund your money, so don't, don't erase him. And what Ron, what Ron said is correct. Get another estimate. 
And if it wasn't done right, you can then show the judge that it would cost X number of dollars to do it right, and he would have to pay the difference. But, caller, are you saying, though, when you picked it up at night, it looked pretty good, though, right? When well, the lights yeah, were out and it was dark. He had a, he had a car yeah. dark alley over, over in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Dark alley. And I, I come out, you know, it was five degrees outside. I said, hey, here's the money. looks good. Let me go. I trusted the guy. Yeah, I always like to get my auto body working picked up from a guy in a dark alley in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Darkness always makes it look Save pretty good. Send your text well, messages. Hey, get hey, another hey, estimate. Go to small claims court, okay? Good luck. I appreciate Good luck. We'll be back. We'll pick it up with Bill and Lisa after this. Stay tuned. (laughs) Uh, News Radio 570 WKVN. It's 533 with Carl Moses and Mark DeVecchio, who are here tonight on a legal show. Bill, you have a legal question? Go ahead with the attorneys. Yes, I got a question for Mark. Yes. Hey, Mark, uh, my ex-wife and I are ordered to pay uh, 50. 50 on the medical bills for oh. my son. Okay. Uh, we had a bill that was due November 30th, and I had gotten the EOB and the bill about three weeks prior to that date, and I had emailed them to my ex and asked, you know, let me know what your intentions are with this, and I didn't hear back from her, so a week later I emailed her again and said, hey, let me know what's going on. This bill's getting ready to be due. Didn't hear back from her, so about one week prior to the bill being due, you know, sent her one more saying, hey, we're getting close. I need to know what your intentions are here. And she sent an email back saying, don't worry about it. You know, I'll handle my half. You handle your half. So I said, all right. So I, I paid my half of the bill. And then come November 30th, I checked with the, the provider and nothing had been paid. And uh, I asked them if I could uh, wait till the next day to make her half of the payment, because it's in my name, and I obviously did not want to be late on a medical bill. So I called him back the next day, and it had not been paid, so I went ahead and put her half on my credit card. And then uh, that day, she called this medical provider, and then found out it was paid, and emailed me all angry, you know, why did you pay my bill? Uh, I was going to make payment arrangements. And I told her, well, if you're going to make payment arrangements, they should have been done prior to after the due date on the bill. Did you get anything from the medical provider indicating that your bill is overdue or past due? Do you have anything from that, you know, that you could show the court that the bill was past due and they were threatening collections or something to that effect? No, he was trying to pay it before it got to that point. He, He waited the last day, didn't you call her? Well, I actually got them to agree to wait one day past the due date, and I paid her half one day past the due date. Can you show, can you get documentation that the bill was past due? Would they provide you something? Yes, I have the original bill they sent me that said it was due November 30th, and I have my credit card statement showing it was paid on December 1st. Okay. My advice to you, Bill, is this. Number one, I understand that you don't want to be late on a medical bill. I I, I totally understand that. Um, Your recourse is to file a contempt action against her and to say that you violated the provisions in the separation agreement that said that we were to split the medical bills 50-50. You produce verification that you paid it, and the court could find her in contempt, and they will definitely order her to reimburse you that expense. However, if she says, I was unable to pay at the time, I didn't have the money, and I was trying to make payment arrangements, the court may in turn say, okay, the payment arrangements will be with your ex-husband. You'll He paid the bill. You're going to pay him back. They may 
if, if she has the ability to pay it all at once, wonderful. If she says she doesn't, they may order her to make certain payments until it's paid in full. Well, here, here's I had um, I had talked to child child uh, enforcement agency because I guess somehow they get involved with medical payments. Okay. So, so they had sent a letter to her, and um, they must have advised her to to send the registered letter to me with a payment schedule, which she did. Okay. So there is a payment schedule, you know. But I, I'm just upset about the fact that she waited till the day after the due date. Now I have over $400 bill sitting on my credit card that I'm paying interest on that is her bill. Yeah, you know what I would suggest is instead of having you each be responsible for 50% of a medical debt, why don't you modify the terms of your agreement and say, I will be 100% responsible to make sure that uh, they're getting paid on time, and then you will reimburse me your 50% upon, my, upon notice of the expense. Well, we're about, I got about, uh, well, two years left on 10 years. I've been going through this for 10 years. So, wow. and that's where it's worked well up until now. This is just really, a, well, it hasn't worked well, but right, it's right. worked. Uh, and I, I was just, didn't, did not want to get in front of the judge and say, hey, she's making payments to you. There's no problem here. When Well, in know, all likelihood, that's it. Understand, impossibility is always a defense to a contempt action. She might not so, have had the money to Right, pay it, and that's what I'm of... saying. If someone says, you violated a court order, and the other party says, it was impossible impossible for me to pay. I have no income. I got laid off. I have these un- uh, un- unexpected expenses. Whatever it may be, the court is not going to impose upon her something that she cannot perform. Do you think she had the money? Well, she's saying she didn't have the money. Right. So the, so how do you pay? So, yeah, the, the, in all likelihood, I mean, our courts, they, they try to be practical as well. And if she was going to make payments to the to the medical provider, then they would probably say it would be acceptable to make payments to you. Except it has to be a reasonable payment schedule. You know, it can't be a dollar a month. It, it would have to be something that would get it paid off in a reasonable period of time. And I, your fearless leader as your host here uh, tonight, Bill, remind you of this, you know, as you think about her not paying that half percent or the, her 50 percent on time. I just like to remind my male callers, you kiss those lips, not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you may have, Ron. <laughs> well, that was good, Bill. Yeah, yeah. This guy's quick. Good. Good. Yeah. This guy's really good. Yeah. That's right. It's like you know. So. Well, good luck in the future. But but like right. I said, keep all of your text messages. Document all of your conversations. Yeah, I, I, I have it all. Well, with, with the court looking at practicability, Mark, is it? I'm sure it's practical practical for her for me to pay her bill. It's not practical for me to pay her bill. And then that, that's probably what the court is going to say. Well, yeah, when it comes it, they're trying to do something that's fair and just, okay? Um it could very likely they could order her to reimburse you within typically here's what they'll do they would find her in contempt for failing to pay the bill they would then say you are going to be sentenced to three days in jail you're going to have to reimburse the the bill his attorney fees and you're going to have to pay back this bill and we're going to set this matter in 60 or 90 days to determine whether you purged the conditions of your contempt. If you purge in that time, then you won't be held in contempt. So that's how they remedy that. They 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 kind of, you know, hang up, put a gun to their head and say, "Listen, you're going to pay it in sixty or ninety days, or you're going to be this contempt sentence that we sentenced you to, reimbursing of of 
attorney fees and court costs and potentially three days in jail on a first finding of contempt. We're going to impose that if you don't pay that bill in, in that time span that you have. Well, and I'm wondering, too, with, with me filing it, and by the time we get actually to our first court date, she very well may have paid me off right. by that. Right. Well, that, I mean, that's the goal then. Then you got your money back. Right. You know, but you're going to pay a $100 filing fee for a contempt action. Better off paying the interest and forgetting about it. Right. Well, how many more years before you do, you're uh, uh Two. Two, two more two years. years. A year and a half, two years. Right. Well, CCO, you're not that far from the finish line. No, it's in view. Right. You know what I mean? All right. So keep, keep that. Have you remarried? Yes, I have. How's this one? Much better than the other one? She is. I don't think, I don't think you've kissed this one. <laughs> Well, hey, not yet. But you like this one a lot better and things are working out. Yes, it is. Do you have any marital advice to give our listeners before I take my next call? How does a man know if he's found the right woman? I, I don't know if I can answer that question, Ron. Well, you found this one. This one seems to be the right woman, right? Well, I, I went back to college and... Uh, I was late for my first day of school, and there was only one seat left, and it was the seat in the very front row mm-hmm. of the class. And she oh. happened to be the person that I sat down beside. Nice. So I, I guess if you if you go back to college, you might uh, might find a good wife there. Is she substantially younger than you? No, just two years younger. Hmm, okay, very good. I thought it was going to end up being a little more dirty. A young co-ed. co-ed. No, like the professor or something oh, like that. Yeah. I thought it was going to be really. That would be a good story. All right. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate Thanks, Bill. it. Right. Thank you. All right. You know, something like that. But uh, let's go to Lisa with a legal question for Mark DeVecchio and Carl Moses. Hi. How are you? Good, Lisa. How are Hello. you? Good. Um, I'm calling because um, my daughter, uh, she lives in Columbus, and she had purchased a new vehicle here in Youngstown. And she had picked it up um, January the 2nd of 2017. It was brand new. And in uh, uh, July of uh, last year, 2017, seven months later, um, she got off work, and and she was parked in the parking deck at the hospital because she's a nurse, and her car was vandalized. And they had uh, they didn't break a window or anything. They had stole her um, her uh, screen off her da- out of her dashboard, like you know the, the radio with the backup cam and all that. Really? Yes, they ripped it all out of there. What and, kind of car? Uh, twenty seventeen Chevy Malibu. And they ripped it. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow. So they did a lot of electrical damage. Right. And um, so they uh, she had it towed directly from the parking deck to a dealership down there where she works at, you know, in the Columbus area, and because um, she couldn't get it started or anything, so um, they. They ordered all the parts for it and everything, but they need a, they cut the, uh, a lot of wiring, so they cut this main wire. It was from a wiring harness, mm-hmm. and they need that part. So all the parts came in except for this wiring harness, and the car has been sitting there since July of last year. Um, the GM says it's on back order. They can't get it, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So she's been paying payments and her car insurance for the last six months on this vehicle that she hasn't even uh, that she hasn't had in her possession, and also they've been giving her a car to um, drive. So when she gets three thousand miles on these cars, she has to bring them back and they give her another one. Mm-hmm. So I want to know what kind of legal uh, action, or do we have anything? Or um, I don't know how long this car is going to be sitting in there. But do they give her that car for free, the one that she's driving? Yes. 
All right, well, see, that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, do you have uh, vandalism protection on your comprehensive uh, portion okay, of your... Okay, this covered through insurance, but the thing is, they, GM doesn't have the part for the car. So and you're the saying... the car is sitting there because... Waiting for the back order. Yeah, so yes. you're saying I'm making payments, and I lost the use of the car, and I'm providing insurance, and I'm not getting reimbursed for that. Is that accurate? No, I'm not getting reimbursed for my payments right. and my insurance, right. Because but you are, but you do have a vehicle to drive, and you are a, or your daughter has a vehicle. She's able to get back and forth to work and travel and do everything that she has to do. And she's putting those miles on their vehicle, and, and then brings and, another one. And, in. and there's no out-of-pocket costs for that, correct? Correct. I, I would say your damages will be somewhat limited. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yes, I agree. And and because uh, you the, can't get a part dealer, that isn't the there. The dealership hasn't done anything wrong, uh, as far as what you're telling us. Well, if the, if it's unreasonable to wait six months for a part, you know that that may be ridiculous to be waiting six months for a part. I would get tired of hearing that song and dance. Exactly. But. If I had a car, if I was able to get to where I needed to go, and that vehicle's sitting there, so you're not putting miles on that vehicle, and you're building up your equity in that vehicle, you're paying that vehicle down with no miles, and you have a a car to drive at no out-of-pocket cost, the court looks to what are your damages in a case like this. There are two parts to a case. One is fault. That's the liability part. The other part's the damage part. And even if you have an argument that GM is at fault... For not being able to get that part quickly enough, the question is, well, how much in damages would you be able to recover? And as Mark said, if you're getting the advantage of a car, et cetera, et cetera, your damages would be limited. And so it may not be worthwhile taking legal action on it. However, we do understand your frustration. It's it's a it's a new car. You love your new car. You want to drive your new but car. But you're not you're, putting miles on it. Right. And the, the dealership didn't steal a radio. And how does the dealership produce a part it's it's waiting to get? Right. And that's they why I get said, on this GM? too. Are they responsible for anything? You know, because um, it's not her fault, and and they need to, should they reimburse her for her inconveniences for it might pay a couple per, well, a couple of her payments or something. Yeah, but the dealership is not at fault for the the damage to the car. Nor is GM. And the question is whether you can prove that there's some fault in not being able to get that part quickly enough. So we just have to wait uh, maybe a year for the part? Is that what you're saying? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) What's the dealers say? Do do they have any idea when it's coming? They've been calling and trying to find out when the part's coming, and she said they seem like like they don't care or they they just have enough uh, parts to... um, for what the cars that's on the line. See, the the problem is, even if you furthered this by, let's say, calling the attorney general's office right. to to uh, to uh, argue that the dealership's uh, taking you for a ride on this, the, the, you may get the dealership mad so that they won't even give you a car, give your uh, daughter a car, and then you've got a problem. Well, you know, at some point in time, the situation could become ridiculous. If it's sitting there for a year, and you've been denied use of a new vehicle for a year, and now the vehicle's a year old, you've been paying on it for a year, everyone likes to drive a new car, you could try to argue that you were denied the use of your vehicle, and that their actions are unreasonable, so then you could establish that they may have some liability if they're acting unreasonably. But then the, the, the question is, what are your damages? What is it worth to not have your car available to be driven? And their argument is that you have a car. You get where you need to go. It's not costing you any money. 
you know, you could argue, well, the car that I'm driving is not worth the same value as the car that you've been sitting on for the last year. But I don't know that you could equate that, put a dollar figure on that. That would be really difficult. I'm sure the dealership doesn't want to keep giving them free cars that they put 3,000 miles on. Right, right, exactly. Okay. You know, I, I'm trying to think of a way you can get around this without getting the dealership angry. I know a guy uh, who who can maybe fix that for you. He's in a dark alley somewhere. <laughs> He's on Craigslist. <laughs> on Craigslist, <laughs> and, he, and he does body work, but he might be able to wire that for right. you. Maybe maybe you could uh, talk to another dealership just to get an idea if this is legit that uh, that the yeah, amount of time. Yeah, we have, and yeah, the part is on back order. No, yeah. I meant talk to another dealership about the same type of part. Yes, to, I, we oh, have. Oh, you have, okay. Mm-hmm. The dealership right. that she bought it from here, yeah, and the part is on back order. Okay. Well, yeah, that's a frustrating situation, but, uh, you, you know, your your recourse would, I don't think it'd be worthwhile pursuing that in the courts because I just don't think there's a lot there to get. Okay, so she can't get it reimbursed for none of her payments or anything? <sighs> Nothing, huh? Well, you know, I never say never. I'm not going to say never. You could threaten a lawsuit, and maybe there's something called nuisance value. Uh, some cases will settle that aren't worth a lot, but because of the nuisance of having to try the case and engage lawyers and pay lawyers, they'll offer you something to forego the threat of litigation, so that maybe they'll maybe they will forgive some of the payments. Maybe she you. should ask him if she could trade it in and get another one. Yeah, or, exactly. I, oh, I, I want a different car. Feel, um, maybe also ma'am, the money maybe, that's left on it, though. See, maybe you can also call the attorney general's office and ask that office to investigate. Maybe that office can get GM to accelerate this thing. Mm-hmm. See what this I mean? This is not the dealership; it's General Motors. Well, I thought you said the order, the the part is on back order from, from GM. From Gen- yeah, GM. they're waiting for GM, GM to produce it. Well, I'm talking about GM then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. All right. Good luck right. to you. Good luck. Right. Thank you. I wish you the best of luck. You know that would be frustrating. I mean, I sense her. But you know what? Her she has a new car, and every day that it sits there, it's going down in value. Every, so well, yeah, because it doesn't have that screen and radio anymore. Well, not only that, you drive a new car off the lot, it it decreases in value. So you know that you have a, your new car's value is at its peak when you drive it off the lot. The, from that point on, it's it's going down in value. So she's probably upside down in it now. So maybe you could work that into some kind of a damage. Scenario I wonder if she if really get... needs a radio in that part anyway. What do you mean? No, oh, just leave the hole there and drive it anyway. <laughs> No, I couldn't drive my car without a radio. How would I bl- listen to you? Uh, you know, that's an excellent point. That's exactly. why you're one of the great legal minds out there. Thank you. Because uh, because of something like that. Under no circumstances Never. would I take that car. I want Ron Verb on <laughs> right. my radio. It has to be there, uh, and, it, and it has to go. So I think that's an excellent point. All right. Our lawyers are here. So you don't think that guy in alley in Pittsburgh could fix that, though? Or wherever <laughs> I, that, where was that guy at? Some alley somewhere. I just know he was on Craigslist. And yeah. I, that, you got to worry. Who picks up their car in an alley at night <laughs> oh hey good good job uh-huh. I, I can't see it very good but uh let me pay you and i'll be down the road yeah it looks, the, looks really good in the nighttime dark moonlight the first mistake is trusting somebody like that you know implicitly and paying them and not looking at it uh under a good light absolutely uh wait a second here i gotta is this uh who i think it is dave all right i, I gotta just uh do something here real quick before I uh, take my next call. Just bear, bear with me, fellas. Do, 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 do. Might have to. Okay. Got to do this. Got to do this. Okay. Just 
Bear with me for a second, uh, and I will... Okay, I think I'm ready now for my next call. Here we go. Here we go. All right. <laughs> I love this. Happy New Year, gentlemen. Happy New Year. It's Barry White from the grave. Happy New Year, Barry. Can I, can I answer that lady's question? I hope she's still listening. You probably know a lot about that, don't you? <laughs> I used to work with you, yeah. Oh, yeah, all right. That, that wine harvest is going to come from Delphi. I wish I knew what kind of car it was. But anyway, if she still listens, call his local 1112. It's a Malibu. And ask to speak to the chairman. It's Tell a, her a problem. He can call Detroit or wherever and make something happen. That happened to a friend of mine. They ended up, uh, Chevrolet ended up giving them a new car. Because yeah. somebody stole a radio and they couldn't get a part? No, I can't remember what was wrong with the car, but the car kept cutting off. It was and a lemon. It. And it, it, he went through it about five months. Uh-huh. Oh, well, that, uh, they just went in and gave him a new car. They deemed it to be a lemon then, huh? I, I, maybe something like that. But uh, tell her, ask, if she's still listening, call the local 11, chair, uh, 11 12 and ask to speak to the chairman and tell her her problem. Or, yeah, the union out at Lordstown and see if they they can uh, call wherever they make Malibus and maybe somebody can steal one off the line. Well, that's a good that's a good suggestion. Is that what you're saying, Barry? Maybe one of the well, workers well, can... No, I would never tell anybody to steal. No, them. but... <laughs> no, that's what you're implying. Maybe you some, somebody has some influence and could say, yeah. listen, we need to get this but, part. Yeah, because Delphi, they make wine harnesses for all kinds of cars out, out there on North River Road. So that's what I said. I wish I knew what kind of cars she was talking about. Uh, it's a Malibu, a Malibu. Oh, they probably made that right here in Youngstown. Well, it's probably made in Mexico. Not wine it might be harness. made out there, too. I mean, we don't make anything here anymore. It's, it's probably on a slow boat from China, or it's made in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? I mean, it's odds are it isn't made here. Dave Beach is not there. No, nah, no, he, he had, had to leave. leave. Oh, man, I got a story for him. Maybe well, what next is it? Week. Tell me that. Tell me the story. I want to hear it. Oh, uh, I, I told you I got a dealer's license. I'm looking into being a broker, and I uh, ran into a real nice STS. And when I went through the paperwork, it, it was Dave Beach's car. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was real clean. It no, no real clean. It had one problem when I tested over it. What was that? It wouldn't turn to the right. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah, so, <laughs> thank, you. thank you for the laugh. That was awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, from the grave, Barry White. Barry White, the maestro. Right. Carl doesn't even know who that is, but that guy sounds just like Barry White, Carl. You don't know Barry White? Theme from Shaq? Oh, uh, not sure. the theme from no, Shaq. No, that was Isaac Hayes. Yeah, Jesus, do you know who Barry White is? <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, wait, what was his song now? Well, I, wait a minute. Let me, let, let me let me see if I can. Here, here you go. I'll, I'll, this is this is Barry White here for you. Wait a minute. Uh, let me let me. Can't get enough for your love, baby. That's right. it. There he is. This is the real Barry White. Listen to this, Moses. Now this is music. Is this live? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
get it, Barry. Let him sound like that. You're the answer to yes. all of my dreams. Yes. It's Kevin right there. If you have a studio cut, though, it sounds even more like the, the caller. That's how I, when I go home after the show, that's what I say to my wife. I use all those lyrics, too. Oh, You're my first, Barry my last, White. My Barry everything. White knew how to talk to the ladies. Oh, he did. Deader than a doornail now, but, you know. <laughs> Right, uh, but uh, God rest his soul. He That's right. God talent. rest his soul. Stand by for one second, uh, gentlemen. News Radio five seventy WKBN. Let me talk to you about Cindy Lotzenheiser with Howard Hanna Real Estate Services. Over twenty years' experience in real estate sales, a lifelong resident of Morning Valley. She knows the area. Cindy Lotzenheiser is a top producer in Canfield and Salem. Howard Hanna offices, recipient of the Ohio Association of Realtors Pinnacle Award, and of course was a top uh, individual agent in two thousand sixteen. All Mahoning and Columbia counties combined. Cindy Lotzenheiser, life time member of Howard Hanna's President Circle of Excellence Club. That's a very elite group of over $50 million in sales. National Sales Excellence Award recipient, which means she's ranked in the top 3% of Realty Alliance Realtors in the nation. So if you're looking to sell your house and go where it's warmer, you want to sell your house and get a condo, maybe you want to sell your house because you're getting a divorce and Mark DeVecchio's representing your wife and you know you're going to lose everything, call Cindy Lotzenheiser and get the ball rolling. 330-565-3712. 330-565-3712. Quality service award winner. She's got a marketing plan to get your home sold. Ask about Howard Hanna's exclusive 100% money-back guarantee. Cindy Lotzenheiser. Beautiful beard. Uh, how was your New Year's Eve at Mr. Anthony's? It was very enjoyable. Bands. It was it was really nice. We hadn't played in a long, long time, so got the guys back together and saw some of the people that I you you know you look forward to seeing certain people that kind of come out to see the band when you play. And I hadn't seen them in a long time, so it was nice seeing Mike and Linda and a bunch of other people that I got to see that came out to see the band. That's the, the only to time bring I really in get 2018. Yeah, it was wonderful. We'll and all keep, the band guys were there with the wives. It was great. We'll keep posted when you do your next gig. Yeah, well, there are not too many. I'm still kind of retired, but maybe occasionally on a wedding here or there. Moses, be careful going back. Okay, thank you. Carl Moses, Mark DeVecchio, Legal Show, brought to you by Beatrice Cobb and Harshman.